What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Bold City Soccer Show. Quick reminder at the beginning, this podcast, this episode, is brought to you by Audible. All right, for a free 30-day Audible trial, go to www.audibletrial.com slash Bold City Soccer. Last time, I told you guys to look up the book Home and Away by Dave Baldini. That's a good book. I finished it. I enjoyed it. It was a great listen. I almost said it's a great read, but it's a great listen because it's audible. All right, this week, it's Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. You may have seen that this is going to be a movie made by like Steven Spielberg and all those other cool types. Uh, basically, if you grew up in the 80s or 90s, uh, like I did, I grew up in the 90s, Logan, not quite as much, but uh, if, if you're into the 80s and 90s culture, then you're going to get, you're going to have a thrill with this book, okay, listening to it, Will Wheaton reads it, uh, it's just great, it's a great book, a lot of references to the 80s and 90s, so if, if you're a big fan of that, kind of kind of nerd stuff, if you're a big fan of it, then uh, I say go listen to it, Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. and now we introduce Logan, Logan, hello. What's going on, Kyle? Uh, thanks for that intriguing uh, intro to the podcast. Anytime. Um, welcome back for all you listeners who may have missed us this past week. It was a busy week, man. It was. Holy cow. I didn't realize just how busy the week was until like I texted you on Monday and I was like, hey, wow, this is a busy week. And then, you know, we had Monday to record, but I was doing something Monday. You were doing something I don't remember the rest of the Monday. week. And then... Oh, yeah, yeah. You're busy. Like, it was... Yeah, we just couldn't get to it. Uh, dude, I took four road trips this week, dude. <laughs> yeah, what, Section 9 and 4 traveled, what, 2,000 miles or something? Like, up to uh, North Carolina, back, yeah, and then down to Tampa and back, and then down to Miami. And yeah, back. I added up to over 2,000. And then I took yeah. an extra trip to Arkansas. Oh, right. Shout out to the Little Rock Rangers. Yeah, shout out, uh, Ryan, for the cool scarf that Kyle's yeah, wearing Yeah, I'm wearing right it now. right around my neck. The Red Watch, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, dude. The Red Watch. It was uh, pretty. It was a fun time in Arkansas. Very man. Uh, Game of Thrones ish. I like it. I'm yeah, a fan. It's a good time, but I, uh, you know, glad to be back. It's always good to sleep in your own bed. Uh, back on that Armada flow. Whew. Since the last time we talked, the Armada have, uh, well, they didn't enjoy their time in North Carolina, and then lost three nothing. Three uh, one. Three one <laughs> because Jack Blake scored a penalty. Yes. All right, I was thinking back to last week's score in San Francisco, which was 3 nothing, but it was in favor of the good guys this time. And, uh, well, that, that was a great match. It's unexpected. Right, yeah. And, um, like, you you don't expect to lose 3-1 at North Carolina. You, I'm sorry, how do you put this? You're, you don't go to North Carolina, lose 3-1, and then ex- expect to go to San Francisco and just completely reverse the outcome. Yeah. Um, especially since uh, we knew that it was a pretty tough situation because we played at North Carolina. We, on Wednesday, went down to Miami. And it wasn't an easy match in Miami at all. Yeah, it was, they... It was a very tough 2-1 um, Open Cup match that we won. They played hard, won. the other guys. Um, yeah, and the other I mean, the other team, Miami United, they finished... And they were quarterfinalists in the NPSL um, last year, winning the conference that the under-23s are in. So, I mean, it wasn't like we had an easy task at the weekend or at the midweek uh, match in Miami. And then um, I, right, as soon as that match ended, they started their drive up to back to Jacksonville where they left. J- I, re- I really thought that you were about to say they started their drive to San Francisco. No, and no. I was, 
Like, uh, and and they left. Is uh, the budget that tight? <laughs> no, and they left uh, Jack's International at like super early, like six, seven a.m. Why didn't they? Why didn't they fly out of Miami? Um, I don't know, honestly. I feel like it would have been cheaper. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know. I don't really understand how they arranged their travels and such. But they just, I don't know, wanted to get back home. I guess say, say goodbye to the fans, the fam, and everyone before they went off sure. to the Golden State. So to to wreck the Deltas. Uh, so yeah, the Armada scored three goals against the Deltas. They came away with three points, uh, and the only points the Deltas have are the points on their triangle and their logo. So uh, hopefully this continues because it's the first multiple goal match of the season. I'm not counting, not counting the open cup. All right. Uh, against NP- NPSL competition, not, not going to count it, but it's the first multi goal outing of the season for the Armada. And to get three goals is just completely abnormal and hopefully a sign of things to come. Maybe there's three things I noticed about this and uh, we'll divulge one rare away win, which rare. is crazy. Cause rare. We're not winning. What is game. that, two in one season? Yeah, two in one season. That's the first time that's ever happened. I know, man. right? Um, actually, well, last year we won two in one season uh, in Minnesota and Ottawa. But besides really? that, yes, we did. Um, I don't remember that Minnesota game. Come on, Matt Boehner, late. No, I'm totally drawing a blank right Matt now. Matt Boehner, late in Minnesota. I was jumping on my couch. It was away, and I, like no one was awake. I feel like... I feel like you post videos of you jumping on your couch every away game, though. Yeah, you're right. But anyways, no, we won two, <laughs> we won two la- late last year. But rare away win, which is crazy that we're going to like Edmonton and San Francisco and getting these results. Right. Two is three goals, which we haven't seen in a long time. Um, I can't. I honestly can't even remember the last time we scored three goals in a match. It must yeah, have no. been. Uh, it must have been uh, three goals against the Rowdies um, at home last year. Mm, that yeah. was the last time. But on, away, it's like unprecedented to score three three goals away from home. And the last thing um, is the formidable midfield duo partnership of Marapu and Kivon. I kind of want to get in on this um, because well, we thought we thought Jack Blake. Let's hear it. We thought Jack Blake and Kivon George worked pretty well. Right. Um, in which they did they did their a decent part. Um, a few weeks back uh, against New York, but they were proven to be not as good as a duo in the midfield against North Carolina that absolutely just tore them apart. Um, not necessarily tore them apart, but it's just we, we let in three know, goals. When you, get, when you get beat three to one, yeah, that's, that's kind of getting torn apart. We weren't as comfortable in the midfield. Uh, I just feel like Jack Blake didn't have that much of a presence in the game because when he plays that far back, he um, – He's not really a defensive player. He's more right. attacking, and we we were hardly we had attacking moves, but we didn't get far in the attack. And um, they always they were always pressing us and had us on our on our heels um, the whole game. And um, yeah, it didn't work out. But we switched back to Kevon George and Nicholas Marpu, knowing that San Francisco has attacking threats in Tommy Heineman in uh, pa- uh, Paolo Dago. I don't know if I said that right. Um, and they have Danny Cruz, they have Jackson. They just have a plethora of great uh, talent on the field. And so we switched. We wanted to have more conservative midfield um, and see how that played for us. And so, like, honestly, like, everything went against each other. So a right. more conservative midfield, you would think less goals, but we scored three goals. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which it, I'm still in shock that we actually got three on the board and kept them scoreless. 
Um, but yeah, I was very, very happy with how Nicholas Marpu played. Um, he cut down a lot of the traffic in the midfield, and I feel like he had more, uh, more of a kind of presence, more of a touch on the game than he usually does. Uh, usually you see Kivan involved uh, heavily, but they kind of they split the time this game. I saw both of them on the ball and, um, and intercepting balls throughout the night. Uh, nothing got through the midfield. And yeah, you, nothing did. You, you can see that in stats, um, or if you watch the game, they had San Francisco had seven shots outside from the box, outside of the box. And they couldn't press and get through our midfield, and that ultimately leads they couldn't get to our defense. And not being able to, you know, get past our lines, you're kind of helpless. You don't know what to do, so you're going to try to these outrageous shots, which we would have settled for all night. And just every, they took seven shots outside outside the box. All of them went over the net to the side. Yeah, it was Caleb. Caleb wasn't tested at all. Um, it was a really great game um, on the defensive side of the ball. If we're just focusing on the defense. Uh, yeah, I mean, to get a clean sheet, especially if you've gone up three goals, uh, when you're up 3 nothing, the other team's pressing, especially if they're the home team. They're going to press forward and try to attack and try to get goals. So if you can hold a clean sheet like that on the road, then that is uh, extremely good stuff. Um, I, you said he wasn't tested, but th- there were a couple shots there yeah, towards, towards the end of the second half uh, where he really had to get out and save. I, there was one that came just from the right wing and it was, you know, just a belter right on the near post. And yeah, Jackson, uh, I actually just watched the clip is Jackson who came from the right wing and he right. saved it in between his legs. Yes, that one. Which they could have easily gone through. Yeah. It had enough power on it. Um, uh, so yeah, when you have a clean sheet like that, that's the team, the whole team working together to come away with the result. And it's a good result to have a 3-0 win, especially, especially to bounce back after the type of loss that they had in North Carolina where uh, they started off really well and then it just the it game plan fell just fell apart and you know one of those one of those games where you look at it and you read it and you watch the tape and you just say okay it fell apart we could make this adjustment but let's not worry about it too much and clearly Mark Lowry got the message across where all right that was a one off it's time to get back to work yeah quite quite literally it there were no one, nothing went wrong in San Francisco. Right. They attacked, did their job. They scored the goals. The midfield did their job. They kept a strong um, attacking San Francisco side away from the defense. And the defense didn't have a difficult time all night, even uh, even though San Francisco was in more possession, which is also weird, too, because we were usually the ones controlling possession. But San Francisco couldn't do anything with the ball when they had it. Yeah. And our defense, when there were times that we were tested, um, they held held firm. And it's that, that solid defensive line that um, has just been good all year. And with all that success coming from the other areas of the field, Caleb Patterson-Sewell only had to handle three shots on, shots on goal, which he saved all three of them. And all in all, it's just a perfect game, honestly. Couldn't write it up any better than it went. Um, the goals were good, too. I don't know if you want to talk about the goals here, uh, we did the problem with San Francisco on this match, and it hasn't been their situation all year, but specifically in this match, they just did not man mark at all. No, they really didn't. Their man marking was absolutely poor. Um, on the first goal, the second goal, and the third goal was just brilliant by Derek Gebhard. It was a great sub to um, Mark Lowry, understanding that John the Glenn wasn't as influential in the game as he wanted. 
uh, the player to be. Is, is Jonathan Glenn ever influential in a game? Well, he, he wasn't getting on the ball. He wasn't, you know, finding any room for himself. And he, he was honestly having a bad, not a good, a good night. So, which is crazy because not, not crazy that Jonathan Glenn did have a good night, but uh, Mark Lowry, we were up two zero and Mark Lowry made two attacking minded substitutions. Yeah, that's pretty wild. It's bold. Which, which was which was actually I didn't even think about it until like after the game was over and I was like, Wow, we pressed for we really pressed for a third goal. And like it's the good sub, to see. The substitutions were Jack Blake, uh, Brian Rebion and Derek Gebhardt, which is all attacking and you know, there was a will and a want to get more goals. But just the San Francisco man marking was just absolutely horrid and that's what led to the goals. Uh you wanna hit on the first one? Um, actually, I wanted to spotlight Derek Gebhardt's goal because I really liked it. Uh, that goal, man, that goal was awesome. Okay, it was a great, it was a teamwork goal. You said it was a moment of br- brilliance from Derek. That's a teamwork goal, man, though. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, sure, to beat the keeper at the end, that was definitely individual magic there, some individual talent and some skill there. But the pass that he got, uh, I believe it was from Zach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The pass from Zach was on, right on the nose, right where it needed to be for him to beat the defenders and to get at the goalie one on one. And then the way he just he just sat back and he just just curled it, just just put a little touch on it, right right up into the upper ninety. Yeah, it was a good play from the just just mm, finger finger. You know the Italian like lip kiss and finger thing that they do. The mm, good magnifico. Yeah, it was a That's good goal all around. Yeah, Gevhard received the ball, and all of a sudden you see Zach come into your picture, and uh, he's running behind him. So it's a quick layoff. Gevhard did a really good good job uh, holding his run, and the defensive duo partnership uh, at the center back just wasn't on point uh, throughout the night. Um, there wasn't a shout to well, Zach. No one was closing down Zach. Yeah, not at all. No one was closing down Zach, and it's a two on two. Derek Gebhard basically is. Make, try, holding his run f- until Zach makes the pass and him holding his run he's keeping both of the defenders goal side to him and no one was pressuring Zach so Zach could have Zach's had all day to release that ball um, he did he, he put it perfectly he had a perfect amount of speed on the pass um, and that caught that caught out the left center back Renner that caught him out and all of a sudden you've got a really pacey Derek Gebhard chasing after a ball against Nana Atacora, who's strong, but he doesn't have nearly as much pace as our striker does. Um, Zach did his job there. And then a quick cut after Derek Gebhardt got the ball and he curled it in. The keeper was off his line a little bit, which uh, was pretty unfortunate for them, not us. And that that's the goal, essentially. It's very simple, but it was of expertise. Um, and it was good, finally, to see uh, Derek Gebhardt get on the board because I've been very... I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know. You see, you see me on Twitter a lot, Kyle. What, what do I, I? I'm not necessarily hating. I'm just uh, haven't had my full faith you, uh, in the striker. You definitely are not a believer. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a believer right. just because he, you know there's been so many games where he's come in um, or started and there's just been nothing of his of essentially of what he br- has brought to the game. So like early in the year. Um, or actually a few games ago. What am I talking about? It is still early in the year. Right. Um, against New York, he brought a lot of pace, but he had two shots. One he should have put away. The other um, was just a simple simple ball to the keeper. And that's all he did in the game. He did not have many opportunities at all. He did not create many opportunities from, opportunities from the pace that he has. 
Um, he got in good positions, but couldn't find a pass. And uh, this game, he really took hold of what was presented to him, and he got us the third goal, which, I mean, that, that had Lowry buzzing, and that's now t- one goal in 22 matches, and that's why I'm hesitant still. Um, I'm not on the hype train yet, but that does a load of um, positive that brings a that brings a load of positivity to the striker because he he is young, he has been on the donut looking for a goal, and he finally got it. Now, what does that do for you if you're a young striker and you get hey, a goal like this? Yeah, away like from that home. away from home. That's that's good, man. And let me tell you, I thought goals were only true in fairy tales, meant for someone else, not for us. Then I saw his pace. Now I'm a believer. I mean, he's. Just, Breaking out with a little bit of yeah, monkeys. He's still, guys. he's still got plenty to work on. I think, um, I think he's going to be good, and I think he, in the long term, is going to be a better option than Jonathan Glenn. Maybe if Jonathan Glenn could start scoring, yeah, he would be great. He would be great. He would be the guy that the Armada need. But right now, right now, I don't think it's him. It's Jared Gebhard. It's just a question. He's not the striker we need but he's the striker we deserve. It's just the 50-50 up there question. Um, do you trust Derek to be a consistent goal scorer? He doesn't have to be very consistent because... Um, Can I ask you a question? Yes. Do you trust Jonathan Glenn to be a consistent goal scorer? I just think he's proven that he can score. And that's what I'm basing it on is he's... Okay, he left the country Yes. to go to Europe right? to play in Iceland, which isn't the best league, but... It's still a European league. It's still um, right. not up there, but it's probably better than AISL if we're comparing. Maybe. Maybe on the same level. Yeah. It is what, Maybe. It, Thereabouts. Is, it is what it is. Um, but he scored pretty consistently and pretty well. And if you compare that to Derek Gebhard, who has just scored his first goal in 22 games at the NASL level, yeah, he's still um, working on, on his his game and still trying to progress as a player, but I'm 100% going to take a guy that's proven that he can score goals at the professional level over a guy that scored a wonder goal um, and has pace and a person may have a lot of hope for because ultimately, ultimately it's about the numbers. Like you look at the numbers and you see like exactly that. Oh yeah. John the Glenn, he did play in Iceland. He did score goals. He looks like a better option if you compare that to John to Derek Gebhardt. And I'm telling you, they, like Gebhardt brings a lot to the, the game, but he's just not proven for me right now. And uh, a lot of people are going to hate on that. But if well, honestly, if, we, if, we're, if I'm speaking just generically, just the numbers, that's literally – and also just the different ways that Glenn can score. Like he's – I've compared him to Wondolowski or a player like that. He Guys, he doesn't do a lot. <laughs> He, he's a lazy player, 100% very lazy player. And if you see him, if you saw him against San Francisco, he was very lazy. Uh, he, but that against San Francisco, he's the type of lazy that like you don't want or you don't want to see because um, he was losing the ball very easily. But in general terms, he's a lazy player, and mm-hmm. he doesn't do that much work that gets noticed. Um, he's a Wondolowski type where he plays with his back to the goal, and he want, he – expects players to run off of him like Jamal Johnson 
on the wing, quick on the wing, um, always waiting for a ball to come his way. Or uh, a Lundu type, even though he hasn't cracked into the starting 11 or on the subs uh, recently. And then once the ball gets wide, it's either a header, it's either a poached goal, it's whatever you miss, a sloppy goal, whatever it is. The, that, those are the type of goals that Jonathan Glenn scores, and we haven't been in those situations for him to score. Um, those those types, and that's why he hasn't been on the score sheet, and that's why um, that's why Gebhard has been Mark Lowry's option is because he's looking for pace up front. But in the long run, is Derek Gebhard going to be the one to provide the goals that are going to get us through these matches, uh, take us ahead, get us the points we need? Because we're back in spring title contention um, after that win. Um, that's the big question. And I honestly just think John Lagan's just proven. Um, may not be the most proven striker out there, uh, but he's proven he can score. And I just think John Lagan's a better option at the moment to get grind us out through these games. But still, like, bring Gebhardt on as a substitute option, of course, because he does bring a spark to the game. Like, we saw Akil Barrett uh, last year, two years ago, when he could right. come on. Uh, here's the good thing about all of this. Derek Gebhard, uh getting good, okay? Him breaking out and doing things is going to push Jonathan Glenn to actually, like, you know, do something. You know, because right now I feel like we're just standing next to him with a stick, like, do something, Yo, do well, he, something. He had a bad game, to be honest. So, you know, uh, yeah, he did, honestly. He, 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 he did. He didn't do much of anything. And in a 3-0 win, the fact that your starting striker didn't do much of anything is kind of a, eh, well, it's kind of a big deal. Not worrisome, but it was kind of awkward. Eh, it's worrisome. Considering he's done it several times before, too. But, uh, I mean, Derek Gebhard pushing him should hopefully provide some sort of spark, some sort of push, some sort of fire to get up under him to try to, you know, just be better. So hopefully that's where we go. But I want to talk about my man of the match for the game, okay? Let's do that. Let's talk about the man of the match. You ready? We're going to talk about the man of the match. Here we go. The man of the match was Caleb Patterson Sewell. I'm kidding. No. Don't turn the podcast off. Don't yell at me in your car. The man of the match was easily Zach Steinberger. He had an assist and two goals on the day. While the defense did wonderfully and CPS did have a couple of solid saves, that game is not that game without the man, the myth, the legend, Zach Steinberger, pulling the strings. And he has been absolutely on fire since he moved over into the central attacking midfield position which is a uh, shocker, but um, man, his headers, that first one, first one was legit. Him and Drew Becky just... Drew Becky's got the best crosser in the league. Like, I mean, that I think <laughs> that might be a little much, but... <laughs> no, no, dude, as a fullback, I think. Like, it, it was a great cross, just curled in, just beautifully, and Zach was like, doink, and then it was right in. It well, was, he's, all, all, he's always got these wicked crosses, we just don't... Yeah, we space. never really. Yeah, he did have against the Cosmos. He he had one that just rolled right through, right in front of the goal, and then four Armada guys couldn't get to it. So yeah, he's he, been there. Yeah, he always he always is a good attacking option when it comes to crossing the ball in. Um, he never like I don't think this year, unless one of our players missed a cross or a ball in, I don't think he's had like an outrageously bad like 
ball whipped into the box. Like I think they've all been really consistent, uh, same spot, uh, just available if there was a player to attack. He's been super consistent, man. Yeah, I, and like, also I don't know I don't know why people were like have been on him this year. Like I've seen people be like Trebecki sucks, and, what? and like yeah, dude, like really? on Twitter, yeah, like even in the preseason they're like, yo, he's not even that good. Dude, Drew Becky's the best player on the team. Well, come on, man. You can't no. No, I'm just fine. But no. he's but he's really good and uh he brings a lot on the defensive side and in the attacking side. And his dude, his cross is gonna be lethal when, if for goals whenever we need them later on in the season. That's okay. Yeah. He's man, there's nobody in the defense right now that I would substitute out. Nobody. Nobody in the starting defensive line or uh the goalie. I wouldn't do it. Those are the first five names on my team sheet in the morning. Well, after Zach Steinberger, I think. After Zach. But there's no there's no way. I wouldn't sub any of them out. Drew Becky has been one of the best players on the team, yes. Uh, he is consistent. He's a good defender. All right? And he is, like you said, he gets up there and he provides in those beautiful, beautiful, sweet, buttery, curling cur- curves of <laughs> crosses. That's what I'm trying to say. But ultimately, it was Zach Steinberger. <laughs> Yeah, he, if Zach hadn't have gotten in on those on those crosses, then obviously not a goal. Uh, he has had a drive and a push to him for the last several weeks that I haven't seen from an Armada player. Yeah. He has been absolutely massive, and something somewhere or somebody just kind of lit a little bit of a fire under under him, and he has gone crazy. Yeah, he's been he's re- tearing the league up right now. He's been really clever off the ball. Um, on both of the goals, he found space and worked his way past a San Francisco defender, and that's what I'm talking about. With um, they had trouble, you know, covering throughout the match. Uh, both goals that Zach Steinberger uh, scored, no one was on him. No one was. Oh yeah, challenging he was wide, him, wide, wide open. open. Uh, the first one he got away from Renner. Uh, that was just a defensive breakdown. Um, Renner was still looking at Drew Becky and looking <laughs> at the cross, and it was actually really, really good. Uh, <clears throat> Jonathan Glenn and Zach Steinberger, <laughs> Jonathan Glenn and Zach Steinberger both made the same run at the goal, and uh, that left a two-on-one, which is really bad scenario for Nana Atacora. Um, is either chase Zach Steinberger towards the goal or stay with uh, Jonathan Glenn, who kind of held up on his run um, to allow Zach the space to provide to score the goal. Um, and so he had to make a, make a choice. He didn't commit to Zach Steinberger. Um, and that was, that was the goal. It was a f- nice flicked header. Um, and I think Drew Becky tweeted after the game that they <laughs> play on words kind of, but they drew it up in his apartment. The play. Uh, yeah. He was like, drew this up in our, in our apartment. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. It was a good tweet. It was pretty, tweet. it was pretty, uh, almost as good as Zach's tweet where he's like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. After the Cosmos match. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that was cool. And then the second goal, Jamal Johnson, he was completely closed down, but somehow found found a way to finesse a ball through two San Francisco defenders. And once again, Zach Steinberger just finds space, just completely peels off of the back of Adekora. And that it was actually a brilliant goal. He timed his jump perfectly and yeah, headed the ball, he and it went into the bottom corner of the net. It was just perfect timing on his jumps and uh, perfect placement on both both headed goals. It was absolutely splendid. And I must have you note that if Zach didn't get to both of his goals, Jonathan Glenn was right behind him to tap in. Hypothetically, theoretically, maybe. We never know. 
But can we? Okay, so you're man of the match, Zach Steinberger. Yeah, very we, clearly. I, we we don't. We've talked before that a man of the matches shouldn't always be the goal scorers. But yeah, but when you score two goals and Zach have an Steinberger on the third, then was lit. He was on fire. Zach Steinberger was lit, and the on defense Friday wasn't night. really tested very much. Let's always play on a Friday night, dude. Let's always. Why does San Francisco play on a Friday night? I don't know. I don't know. Honestly. Who cares? Well, I think I think it's because BN was already televising a game on Saturday, and it's a t- Periscope VBN. They don't want to like you know, even though sure whatever. Whatever. I don't know. It's uh, weird. The Periscope. That, that oh was yeah. Okay. Fire. Listen. Okay. The next time we play San Francisco away, you guys need to get in on the Periscope chat because uh, it was all Armada the whole time, and it was wonderful. It was great. The San Francisco fans were salty. Dude, I low-key barely watched the match. I was just talking to people. <laughs> that's, yeah, because like you, you're like, it, it was really fun though. Because like you would watch it and then you like see, oh, what's up, Sonny? What's up, Kyle? What's up, Kevin? In the chat, say, right? Say what's up. Hey, yeah, yeah, enjoying the match. You talk to Cole Pepper, you know? Yeah, just, just casually. Matt Banner joins <laughs> the, the group, and then like Danny Barrow's girlfriend joined. Nice. Yeah, like, it was pretty great. Uh, what? <laughs> Hello? Um, yeah, it was pretty fun, dude. Periscope, Periscope games are are a lot of fun. Uh, okay, so really after that complete aside, can we talk about Jamal Johnson for just half a second? He's impressed. The man has had a resurgence the last few weeks, and I want to say it's because I mentioned him on the show, that, and he heard that, and he was like, somebody still believes in me. I wonder if any of the players listen to the show. And I still, every player listens to this show. Come on, man. Yeah. Come yeah, on. Yeah, if yeah. you're a player and you listen to the show, can you please tweet at me, please? That would be amazing. Awesome. Dude, I Wonderful. didn't believe in Jamal Johnson. I, you didn't. I you thought, didn't. You I were a hater. I thought I, I was. I thought that after the year last year where he didn't really perform up to par, um, he wasn't the same player as he was in the first year that we that of our existence. Uh, I thought it was just going to keep going downhill. And uh, I actually thought over the offseason that he would be one of the guys that we offloaded um, just to to offload off our roster. Right. But, you know, he stuck with the squad. He actually did a lot of work in the offseason, which went um, – unnoticed throughout the preseason and such he uh he was consistently on the grind uh working out oh yeah and you and saw him on facebook he was posting up yeah, videos even, and even, everything uh, tweeting about even it, when about. even when we didn't know if we were gonna have a club or not he was still out there just working out and uh getting in shape and just training it up um whether it was at the beach or at the park wherever he was just grinding out and uh no matter what the situation is going to come of his playing career and I think that motivation has helped him and really progressed him as a player because he's absolutely just doing very well right now. Uh, yeah, he's been he's been very solid for us, and I I really hope. Now we did mention that he is the type of player who will be very good for several games, and then he'll be invisible for several games. And he's just he's that roller coaster type of player. If he can hold this consistency. For I mean, at least the next couple games and get us mostly through the spring season, then that's going to be solid. That'll be a solid output from him. You know, give him the end of the spring season, the beginning of the fall to uh, just, you know, be that player who doesn't really do very much. And, you know, he'll get back on the horse in the fall and and hopefully finish the season out on a strong note. Uh, but if he can stay consistent and if he can stay at this production, then I think some great things will happen with the club. Yeah, he's been very good on the left side. He's uh, yes. he's really caused havoc. Uh, dude, he's 32, and he's getting right by fullbacks. Whether, whether be it, it was Carl we met um, <laughs> that he was attacking. On oh, Friday Carl. Night. Oh, Carl. Um, but 
he, I mean, even against New York too, he was just gliding past those fullbacks um, with a great amount of pace. And this game, actually, he found uh, quite a few crosses and eventually assisted one for the goal. Um, he's really done well for the club, for the squad. Uh, I'm impressed with you know the work he's put in uh, coming off the bench too. Like we didn't think that he would be a player to come into the side at at the moment we were in when we were right. unbeaten. Um, came in against New York. It was pretty shock. It was a shock of a of a move by Lowry, and it's been paying off. And he's been playing really well. I think. I think just honestly, it's all boils down to the player of our central attacking the player of our central attacking midfielder, which is Zach Steinberger. If he plays well, the whole team plays well. Yes, and he wasn't playing his greatest um, game over the span of when we were getting four, when we got four straight draws. Yeah, when he was out on the wings, yeah, he, and wing. he was kind of kind of wasted out there. Yeah, not like wasted, bro, but like wasted. <laughs> like that's not where his talent is. Yeah, that's where that's when we got the four draws, and then we moved him in, got a draw against uh, New York. New York lost against wrecked North Carolina, by North Carolina. Friggin' Railhawks, man. But um, but there was a little promise in that game, and then just absolutely crushes it against San Francisco and that's a player that really is really driven on confidence and I he's in the 28 games he's played for Jacksonville he has eight goals 13 assists crazy he is by far the best player on the team Zach most Steinberger. valuable player on just the keep team. keep it up mate that's, yes that's what it is now as a note for Zach Steinberger there were some uh rumors that started going around on Twitter the other day what that some club from israel it seemed like an israeli yeah, club by, by tar jerusalem right by tar jerusalem okay of course it seemed like an israeli club it's got jerusalem in the name but anyway uh had offered two hundred thousand dollars for a transfer forum but here's the thing folks here's the thing it was from an mls transfers that account is bullcrap do not listen to those guys all right i don't know if any of you guys remember incarcerated bob from like five years ago okay same type. They just make crap up. They throw stuff out there. Hope it sticks to the walls. So until we see something official, uh, don't freak out. Okay? Don't freak out, man. Until we see something official. And with how uh, the league works, the NASL works, it is very, very, very unlikely that we're going to hear any sort of rumors like that. It, it's super unlikely that we're going to hear rumors of a player leaving and anything like that and have it be true now it might happen it just depends on who it's coming from but odds are we won't know what's happening until it happens kind of like last year with uh richie ryan when richie ryan got sold and we were like wait what hello what yes and you know uh so it's probably gonna be like that so don't listen to the twitter rumors and if you see something and you're not sure just tweet at us yeah just ask us we know everything. yeah well we don't know everything but almost we're almost there no i'm kidding uh but yeah Twitter rumors. Don't listen to MLS transfers. They're idiots. Uh, but would you would you sell would you mind Zach Steinberger being sold for two hundred grand, two hundred thousand smackaroonies? Here's the thing. What what does it matter? I mean, two hundred thousand bucks. We don't have an owner. Well, who would that go to? That that wouldn't. That would be split. There's no way. There's no way the league would take that though. Yeah, but no, because like uh, the league is like. It, it, we're not owned by the NASL technically. We're technically owned yeah, by Peter each each owner yeah, each in owner the league provides a certain amount of cut to the team to keep operating costs up and everything. So I think the 200K would pretty much go to finish finish off the season. It would stay with the club to pay operating costs and everything. But there's no reason for the league, the NASL, to make that deal. 
There's no reason for it. The 200K, okay, sure, they know where they're at with money. They know that they can turn, you know, at least break even or break less than even, but a still reasonable amount of loss on the club with where they are now. And the 200K, is it worth just tanking your season? Because without Zach, I don't think they do they do much of anything. I know J.C. Banks is there. Uh, I was just about to say that's where you may be wrong. You know, friend. I know J.C. Banks is there, but I don't think he's as uh, dynamic of a replacement at Cam as Zach would be. J.C. Banks, he just doesn't have as good of a smile. I but, think that's what it but is. Him, but him and Zach Steinberger fully believe, without a doubt, everyone's going to say I'm crazy after you say this. I think J.C. Banks and Zach Steinberger are on the same skill level. They're, J.C. Banks has been wasted on the wing, but we need him on the field. Yeah, he's one of those players where, okay, you know, he has been magical out there, though, sometimes. At uh, times, but he And I think that's part of his talent. His talent is just shining through in spite of his position. Uh, but here's the thing. With J.C. Banks out there, we can do that rotation thing with the midfield where, you know, one guy rotates out here, the other guy plays here, and they move in and out of the – they move in and out of spots. Yes. That's, the total football, you that's know? That's a rotation thing. But if Zach Steinberger were to exit the club – J.C. Banks slot under at Cam, would he be the same skill level or better fit? I think he would be probably not a better fit because um, you know, Zach Steinberg is playing at an elite level right now uh, in regards to the league. But I think J.C. Banks is on the same amount of skill as Zach Steinberg. And if you watch any of the Minnesota games um, last year when he played for Minnesota, dude, he was pretty good. Um, he was a very good player, and he wasn't even playing central attacking mid all the time. He was so, he was just roaming. He was playing like a central midfield role too. Um, he's brilliant in attack. Uh, he's got a little bit of pace, um, more than Zach actually. He's got more pace than Zach Steinberger. Right. Um, I just think that we're not in a tough situation if that rumor were to be true. Well, we the club doesn't have crazy contracts this year. I mean, last year they were paying Fondy. They're paying Richie Ryan. They're paying Miguel. They're paying all these other guys all this amount of money. Kata, they were paying tons of money. So when Miami FC calls them up and was, was like, hey, we'll pay uh, $750,000 for Richie Ryan there, how, how you feel about that? Of course. Of course they're going to say, heck yes, let's do that. Also, let's trade Matt Fondy because he kind of sucks. Okay? So of course they're going to do that last year. This year, I don't think, you know, the contracts aren't out of control. Um... There's no reason. There's no reason to do it, especially for two hundred thousand uh, bucks. I don't think you sell your season for two hundred thousand dollars. I just don't think that would be selling our season. You know, I guess we can agree to disagree there, and we can talk about it more in the future. But I don't think the league does it. I think Zach is here to stay, at least for this year. Uh, but if you do see something out there about any Armada player, honestly, about any of them, just tweet at us. Let us know, because well, we like to know the news and we like to be in the know. So. Let us know. Tweet at us if you have any questions about all that. Uh, tweet at us at Conlike13 at its Logie at Flagship Footy, all that stuff. Okay, so now we are going to move on to talk about this weekend, Sunday afternoon, at four o'clock. We are playing the return match against North Carolina FC. Just played them a week ago. Just played them a week ago, and yes. lost three one. Logan, um. <laughs> we have a big match this weekend. It is time for the boys to show that that 3-1 loss was a fluke. It wasn't real. It's not how they play. That's not who they are. It's time for them to show us that. Well, it was a real match. But 
Um, yeah, it's... It was all just a dream. The results are getting... There's only, like, what? Eight games left? Uh, how many games have we played? Nine? I, th- yeah, I, mean, I think we played, like, nine games, if I'm correct. You know you could just slide over to the table. And there we go. Eight games. We played eight games. So we're halfway through the spring season. Um, Miami is on fire right now. Three unbeaten. Three actually wins in 17 a row. 17 points. Um, four points ahead of us right now. Uh, and then you got North Carolina that's one point ahead of us at four, sitting at 14 in second place. Um, this is a very big matchup. Uh, especially if we can't catch up to Miami, um, it's important that we further our place and our position in the standings for if we don't win either season, we'll get that third or fourth spot right. in regards to how many points we have and being one of the hi- um, higher point earners um, in the league. So, I mean, every match is going to be a big match in regards to if we can't win the, any of the titles um, throughout both seasons. But this one's just big because, you know, it's – an opportunity to take down a team that this is the last time we play um, in the spring season. That's the last time we play North Carolina. So we're not going to have an outcome on their results uh, leading into, you know, the final few weeks. Um, we have to do our job this week to put them down and out and not necessarily out, but just put them down and we will have to handle the business in front of us. And they do the same likewise. Um, but it's important that we get second place and we just, keep them out of our worries and move on to Miami, which we haven't played Miami at all this season. And that June 3rd slash June 17th uh, meeting, both meetings with Miami FC are going to be huge. Uh, I think luckily we play them at home first. Um, so it's not as, what what's the word? It's not as big of a, of a match in regards to, you know, anxiety and right. just what, what will happen if this match, um, doesn't go our way whatever such just in regards to the spring title but yeah win this match and then the week after we play Miami and it's gonna be huge dude we have to win this game to um just keep up right now because Miami okay, so let's speaking of the matches and Miami and all that let's just run down the matches that they have left in the spring Oh, it's easy. Yeah, to yeah. show you how huge these Miami matches are. North Carolina, okay? then you so got, got North Carolina, the Open and then Cup, whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. Nobody Miami. cares. Jake does, but nobody else. Uh, Miami, then Indy. Indy, then, then Miami, Miami again. and then here's the after Miami, we've got Puerto Rico, Edmonton, Puerto Rico, Indy. Yeah, the bottom three clubs in the table. And Indy hasn't won a all game right? yet. Indy so. hasn't won a game. Neither has Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico fired their like staff, all of them. Yeah. So after these Miami games. It's huge, dude. But it's more important. Like, how do you want to go into the? How do you want to go into this final stretch? Would you rather beat Miami and be first place? And oh, we just have to win these games. Um, maybe not win them all, but hope for like results to go our way. Right. Um, around the league uh, regarding Miami's results, and we'll win the title. Or do you want to be chasing? You. We need. We need to win these games coming up. Um, yeah. If you have, I mean, we be. North Carolina and Miami twice. All right. Th- that's if we beat Miami twice, the Ar- if the Armada beat Miami twice, that's the points difference made up and we're ahead. All right. Cause they're four points ahead. That's six points against them. Essentially we'll be in a good spot if we just beat Miami one time at least. And right. then maybe a draw the next one. Yeah. We'll be in know, a fine spot, but we want to win. We will. First of all, we need to beat North Carolina and then we yeah. want to win. Which now that Miami, I think about it, we should Miami probably talk team. a little bit about North Carolina. Yeah, we will. We will. We will. Just get a little hype. Um, but yeah, that's going to be important. But it starts with North Carolina. It starts with North Carolina. Logan, 
I'm worried, man. I don't like seeing three one and then play it, turning around and playing them just two weeks later. I don't. Okay. It doesn't. Here's it doesn't the, feel like something that's gonna go well. Here's the thing about that match in North Carolina. There. Um. Yeah. I don't. Tell really, us about it. You were there. Yeah. I don't really like to. Uh, the base. Um. The matches result on referees. Um, I know a lot of people do that in this league, and a lot of people do it in American soccer. Uh, that's just the thing because the refs are absolutely horrid. Um, so I don't like being a part of that kind of bandwagon. But honestly, you miss an offside call um, on their third goal. Uh, the player was offsides that they played the initial ball to. wasn't uh-huh. called, and that led to eventually a penalty, which was a penalty. Zach went into the back of uh, North Carolina player, but it was an offside play that wasn't called anyways to start it. So right. that should have been called. Um, the other goal, the player slid through Drew Becky, uh, though it was pretty sloppy by our defense. The player slid through the back of Drew Becky to, to um, push the ball out to James Marcelin, who scored a banger. Um, and that should have been a foul. So essentially, like, if you think about it, like, we'll, there's always people that, that will say, Oh yeah, if this would have gone in, the score would have been this and this. But it should have honestly ended a draw. I think it was very um, even match uh, in North Carolina. We had our chances; they had their chances. Um, and I just think we just took uh, took a tough result. And I don't think that'll happen this weekend. I think um, you know, of course, you can't handle or you can't really deal with what what the referee decisions are. This it is what it is. Um, but I just think if you know the referee decisions would go our way. It would have been one one two weeks ago, and uh, I think we're I th- still think we're a better team than North Carolina. Though they have been playing very well recently, um, getting a result, a win at Puerto Rico again, the second time in like a few weeks. Well, everybody's um, beating Puerto Rico, yeah. so. But still, to go down to Puerto Rico um, two times in the matter of a few weeks to get wins, um, it's huge. So they're not playing horribly, but I I don't know. I just think after that three nil. At San Francisco, I just think there's a really good chance that we could we can beat North Car- not yes North Carolina this this coming weekend. Yeah, the boys are uh, definitely high on a high anyway. Three um, O coming from San Francisco, and I mean I don't know it weed's legal in California. They might be high. You never know. Uh, <laughs> well, Zach, what were you smoking? <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're on a high. They're riding the wave, coming off of a three O away to San Francisco. Um, it's it's a big big it was a, it was a big thing for them to bounce back yeah i think uh the fact that they bounced back last night i think th- that way last week sorry uh it means a lot to just how they're going to approach this match on sunday i think the key um s- you know s- sub- substitution not substitution but the key player that uh, mark Lowry pulled uh was blake from marpu and i th- i'm that was one of the problems with North Carolina. Um, so they've got plenty of good attacking talent. Um, we just didn't prepare ourselves well enough for it. And they actually were on the attack and, you know, pressing our defense more than we would have hoped, uh, more than any team has uh, this whole year. Uh, I think Marpu starting again alongside Kevon George just to solidify that midfield will be huge. Um, take a little bit of pressure off of our back line and um, just work at, you know, intercepting the ball and, getting forward and getting forward with numbers is what, what we did um, at San Francisco. Uh, I think that midfield battle is going to be huge. And uh, Kalen Ryan's got to have a better game. Um, he, he, he brought it back against San Francisco, but just at North Carolina, he's just getting beaten and beaten and beaten by Albadawi, by uh, Lance Lang, whenever Lance was on the right side. 
um, rotating. Just uh, even even their fullback um, got beat by him once or twice. Uh, Caleb Rides got to have a better game. It's got to be a better game by both our fullbacks because Drew Becky uh, didn't really have the best game either. You know, it's just all about our performance and how we're going to come back from San Francisco, how we're going to play um, against a team that we just witnessed uh, our first loss to. Um, it's got to be a, a greater effort by, you know, everyone involved. But I really do think that the midfield uh, the midfield duo of Marfu and Kevon George is going to be just crucial for this, uh, for this game. All right. So uh, speaking of crucial players, player, whatever, what have you, who do you think is going to be the key player for the match. I know you just said Marapu and Kivon are going to be the crucial, like, uh, the linchpin there in the defense, but who do you think, who's the man? Who's the man that is going to turn this match on its head and be the guy who, if he performs, it's a win? I think it's my man, Zach. Um, it, I mean, North Carolina FC, they're capable of scoring goals and scoring multiple goals. They have multiple times this year. Um, and they've got plenty of attacking uh, talent. Matt Fondy, you guys may not think he's an attacking talent, but he's been scoring a few goals this year. Um, Lance we, Lang. We, uh, we, we uh, don't remember Matt Fondly. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. You're uh, right. Uh, Lance sorry. Lang, N- uh, Nasby Abadawi, Tisha Balani. Like, they've got so many good players uh, forward for them that have the ability to score, and they have uh, the ability to score in bundles. Um, but I think, you know, Zach Steinberg, we, got, we have to get goals ourselves. Uh, we can't yes. rely on a one nil win because um, it's not going to happen. It's not because there's not going to be clean sheet guaran- this week. Guaranteed, North Carolina is going to score. Absolutely. Um, so we've got a Zach Steinberg. He's got to find that magic that he found in uh, San Francisco, and he's got to replicate that onto the field in front of the home home crowd uh, on Sunday afternoon. And um, I think it's just going to take a big game, big game by him in general. Him and the defense is going to be just huge. It's going to be a shootout. Um, and I'm really hoping that we pull out a result because I that, that'd be just absolutely just monstrous if we could somehow find a way to press Miami at the top of the standings and just figure out a way and maybe even win this title. Like, I'd go irate. <laughs> well, every point counts as we head into the end of the spring season. My key player for the match, I'm going to throw it back to week one, the man that I picked in week one. The key player for the match this week is going to be Aaron Pitchkalin. We haven't talked about him in a while. He missed New York, but he's back. He's on the he's on the road. I mean, obviously he's been back for like a couple weeks, but uh, he's going to be the guy. He needs to organize the defense. All right, it's all about keeping the defense organized. It's all about keeping everybody on their toes. It's all about keeping everybody on the same page. And him and CPS need to do that together. But it's mainly going to be the man with the experience. Aaron Pitchcoin. I just think Pitchcoin is going to be huge because it's going to be up to him as the captain and as yes. the leader to just block out what happened two weeks right. ago and just make sure that the players don't you know, reflect on that game and that we the, just solely focus absolutely at like pregame, at halftime, during the match. We just solely focus on the success we saw last week and just the mentality of that. the team leading into Sunday's match rests squarely on the shoulders of Aaron Pitchcoin and Mark Lowry as the captain and the manager, it's those two men who are tasked with keeping the team focused on the positives of last week's match and totally ignoring and forgetting everything about the 3-1 loss to the team that they're playing on Sunday. Yeah, I just think So Aaron Pitchcalan is going to be the key man 
for the Armada on Sunday. I just think if you're a player in an Armada shirt and you know you're going to start, you can't sit in the locker room with your Beats by Dre on thinking and reflecting on, oh, uh, I remember last time uh, we played. Uh, their, their second division U.S. soccer player, those are those are Pete's, not Beats. Okay. okay. Yeah, you're right. They're Pete's. Uh, all right, so let's keep a tally of how many times like Kyle's going to erupt me when I'm trying to talk. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry. But yeah, I got to get the jokes off. If yeah. you're sitting there like pregame warm-up, you, you can't think about the other team in the locker room right next to yours or right across the way from yours. Uh, you can't think about what happened two weeks ago because you'll find yourself down um, and behind the pace if you do. Uh, mentality is going to be huge. Players have to keep a clear mind. And uh, what's your prediction on for this game? Uh, man, you know what? Um, uh, that's a tough question. I want to say, uh, mm, uh, here's me thinking about it. Two, two. Okay, yeah, I think, um, I kind of jumped the gun cause we usually do predictions like, right. Well, we actually seconds. don't have time for predictions. So I'm going to put all the predictions in the description in the show notes down at the bottom. But we can do our modern predictions here. I think since, it's gonna be two one. That's that's the match everyone wants I think, to hear. I think it's gonna be two one um, to Jacksonville. Um, it's gonna be one of those games where it's gonna be one one for a while. Um, whoever scores first, and that's how it is. My keyboard uh, is super loud. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's gonna be one one. Um, leading into the the death, I think it's gonna be a late goal by Jacksonville, uh, and then we're gonna fight to survive. Um, the last few minutes of the match. Um, if you ask me who's going to score the goals, I have no clue. If Derek Gebhardt starts, he's going to score one. I of can the tell you who's going to score. I, guar- I guarantee Gebhardt scores if he starts. Uh, Zach will score, and not Jonathan Glenn will score. Oh! <laughs> okay, well. Um, Drop the mic, not really, because these things are expensive. Yeah. I just think uh, Derek Gebhardt is a really good opportunity to just continue. Uh, oh, yeah. To Show us persevere and mainly show you actually yeah, he doesn't need to show i'm me like the one guy that yeah. just doesn't believe logan drinks his uh haterade consistently um yeah but i think Garrett gebhardt is a very good opportunity to you know prove me wrong and to um really establish himself as the starting striker if he can put a goal in especially a crucial goal that we may need against north carolina so i say i'm gonna say 2-1 um dude i really hope really hope they pull it out because last after Friday, I was feeling really good, and I felt really great about how the team performed. I just hope that they can uh, implicate and replicate it uh, towards Sunday afternoon. All right. Well, that is all the time we have. We are here wrapping up. It's a little bit longer of a show this week, about 10, 10 15 minutes longer, but we had a lot to talk about. We had, we just, we didn't get to do it last week, so we had a, we had a lot to get off of our chest. Uh, predictions are down in the show notes. Uh, we'll talk more about the team and the club and everything leading up to the match uh, on Twitter. Uh, follow me at Kyle Mac 13, follow Logan at it's Logie, follow the blog slash podcast page at flagship footy. If you are enjoying the show and you like it and you're like, Hey, these guys are pretty cool. Well, they're not pretty cool, but they know what they're talking about. Uh, just leave us a, leave us a little rating there on iTunes and uh, give us a review and all that, that'll really help us out. Don't forget to go to www.audibletrial.com slash boldcitysoccer and uh, get a free audiobook. 30 days, 30-day trial, free trial. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to pay for anything. Well, you have to sign up for it, but you don't have to pay for anything until the 30 days is up. Uh, Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. That's my book recommendation this week. We will see you guys out on Sunday, Hodges Stadium, 4 p.m.